And we're switched on now. Hello? Great, good. Uh, so some of you didn't hear that. Um, I said to Diane this morning, um, you're a blessing, sweetheart. And Diane said to me, oh, really? And I said, yes. So uh, today I want us to, and I can't believe I'm saying this to you, uh, two weeks ago we started looking at the book of Ephesians. And uh, one of the things that I've thought about is praise and blessing. I just want you to think a moment, just for yourself. Don't talk to anybody else at the moment, Dave. All right? Okay. Just think about praise. How easy, on a scale of 1 to 10, do you find that? On a scale of 1 to 10, how easy do you find it to bless one another? On a scale of 1 or 1 to 10. If I was to be honest with you, there are times in my life when I really struggle to praise God when things are difficult. It's very easy, I think, to come to church and to praise God. But I want us to have a look at what Paul is going to be saying to the Ephesian church. And I know some of you quite clearly want a roadmap. Ian, I'd like to know from A to B or A to Z, how can I get there? Now, In my expectation, isn't great, but if you could remember just one of these I am sayings this morning, then I think you'll be set up for the week. If you can remember all five, then that'll be fantastic. But I want you to think about this week, when you're on your own, when you're at work, when you're walking through Milford, I am chosen in Christ. I am adopted in Christ. I am free and forgiven in Christ. And I'm expectant in Christ. And finally, I am secure in Christ. And here's a brief summary for you. Here's a brief summary for you, from me to you, about Ephesians. The message is, when we are in Christ, when we are in Christ, we can praise God. And when we praise God, he blesses us. And when God blesses us, we want to do two things here on earth. We want to bless others and we want to praise God again. Could you please just bow your heads for prayer? Father God, we do thank you that we can come together today and we can praise you, the living Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we can praise you in the present. I want to say thank you, Lord, for the years that we have been able to praise you as a church, together and on our own. We thank you for those times, Lord, when we find praise so exhilarating, it brings us into the presence of God. Lord, we thank you for your blessings towards us down through the years. And we ask, Lord, that today you might just help us understand how we can be a blessing to each other. And Lord, help us to understand this morning that our blessings and our praise, like Paul shifts our thinking, 
is not only looking back today, but it's looking to be expectant for something in the future. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So here it is then, guys. Do you mind being called guys? Is that all right just for a moment? Because I think it's quite cool. Okay. So um, now I'm going to sort of say to you quite honestly and openly here, um, this is the start of Ephesians. And those of you who were here two weeks ago and say, well, but Ian, you've done that, and I know. All right. But it's just as a reminder, Paul, an apostle of Christ, Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus. Now, this was a letter that was sent, as we discovered, and we said last time that Paul was in prison. And as he writes this letter, grace and peace to you from God our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, praise. What's going to happen now, and some of you may well know this, but the next 12 sentences, or the 12 verses, I should say, aren't actual fact, just one complete sentence in the Greek. But Paul turns to praise. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to flip in a moment. Hopefully, if the slides and the projector works okay, we're going to be finishing with verse 3. So, could you just... We're going to go to this next one. So, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love. I don't want to disappoint those of you I've spoken to already, because I did hint at this idea that we would look at predestination and election. And some of you in the congregation are now, are listening very intently. But not to disappoint all of you here, we are not going to be looking at John Calvin's Institutes. Oh, some of you say. But we are just wanted to be reminded of this simple thought that people have debated and discussed the whole idea of the doctrine of election. And I'm not going to stand up in front of you all this morning and say, I've got a clear answer. But what I do want to say to you, there was this argument between John Calvin and this Dutch theologian, Jacob Arminus. And I want to share with you just three things that I've come to believe for myself about this phrase... He chose us in him. Remember, Paul is writing to the Ephesians and he is saying, for he chose us. Remember, Paul was uh, someone who was uh, someone who wasn't very nice, did nasty things to Christians in the early days. But now he links Ephesus, for he chose us. He took the gospel to the Gentiles and they received Christ. And you can read about that in Acts chapter 19. So here we go. My simple thoughts on the doctrine of election and the idea of God choosing us. I believe that God predestined me to be what I am today. I believe that he decided that he wanted me to be in heaven before I even knew he existed. And he loved me before I loved him. And he chose me rather than me choosing him. And if you go on to read this verse or what I've put on the screen for you this morning, I like this idea that God is love. 
At the end of the day, for me, I like what Paul says, that there is a little part when addressing the Ephesians. He chooses us in him, in Christ. These little words seem so important, but there are about 14 times where Paul addresses the Ephesians and says, in Christ, or in him, or in the beloved. And that us is so important for us today. But then it got me thinking this week, if I am in Christ, are there some people who are not in Christ and who are out of Christ? Now, I don't know about you, but from time to time, um, I look at a Sunday newspaper. And there's one Sunday newspaper that has a rich list. And in this rich list, it's got an amazing array of different people who are just like multi-billionaires. And I find it incredible. And I honour people who have got that ability to make money. Because they obviously have some skills to be able to do that. And I think it's important that we recognise this morning, as I look at all of you today, all of you are far richer than any millionaire, or billionaire, or trillionaire, however you want to say. Because one day, we are all going to inherit spiritual blessings far more than what we actually know even now, when we are in Christ. That is what we believe as Christians. And it got me thinking that just as God has chosen us in eternity, he blesses us in time. Yet he will one day in heaven get, okay, we will one day get everything when we meet him in heaven. And I want to just come to Genesis chapter 1 briefly, and sometimes we use this as a proof for God. And I was thinking about this when we actually think about talking to people about Jesus and God and our place in the universe. Just think for this for a moment. If God had a plan to create the world, I wonder if Paul is hinting at here that God had a will to create us first in his image. And I find that quite remarkable to think about. So we have been chosen to be holy so in other words, we haven't quite made it yet, guys, but we're on our way. So I've been chosen. The second thing I'd like to look at this morning is I am adopted in Christ. And a number of years ago, um, I had a good fortune of going to 100 Huntley Street. And there, I was putting together a programme with a number of people out there in America, or in Canada, I should say. And I was asked at the end of this course to put together a programme on adoption. And I can remember talking to an elderly man who actually, almost with tears in his eyes, saying to me that he could remember the day that his adoptive parents came and chose him in this children's home. And that really just spoke to me, the fact that these parents had adopted him into their family. And you and I have been adopted. God has a plan. He has something far bigger than I can ever work out in my mind. 
but you and I have been adopted. And I just thought it would be good if we could, just in a moment, if we can get some tech working, I would just show you this short clip about some parents who are adopting a child. <laughs> the peace and the joy that we're feeling is absolute evidence of hundreds of people. I mean, I literally, I believe there are hundreds of people that are praying for us tonight. The nurse just asked us if we're excited to meet our son. And it, I paused for a second there because I think it's the first time that I heard someone else refer to him as our son. it's been years but now it's like we're down to just minutes you know and as we walk in it's going to be seconds and <laughs> it's hard to believe that this may be the last few minutes of us just being a family of two <laughs> idea. I have no idea how many people have prayed for you. It's a lovely moment there for the, the dad. If you didn't just quite pick it up, he said, Jacob, for the first time he says, I'm your dad. 
I'm your dad, very special moment. So that's the idea of us being adopted in Christ. Now I want to move on to in him we have redemption, which goes on to say, through his blood for the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. And this idea of buying something back is for some of us maybe something which is very familiar, but the idea of a slave who hasn't got any control of what he wants to do. But when someone comes along and pays the ransom for the slave to be free and to have no further ties is something quite wonderful. So the idea of being free and forgiven and to be redeemed. Graham Kendrick, many years ago, wrote a hymn called The Price is Paid. Come let us enter in, he says, to all that Jesus died to make our own. For every sin, more than enough he gave and bought our freedom from each guilty stain. So we've been looking back, we've been looking at the present, and now I want us to maybe get a little bit excited about praise and blessing. And I'm expectant. Sometimes when we read the news, sometimes we are perplexed and we are confused. But the idea of being expectant in Christ. Sometimes the historians have looked back and tried to see that famous phrase, is history repeating itself? Is there a pattern of things down through history? And the historians have actually concluded, depending on who you talk to, it's completely random. There is no pattern. But yet, behind everything, the question that I have for you and for me, is there a God? I believe this morning that there is a God who is at work. I'm not going to stand up in front of all of you and to say to you that I have all the answers. But I do have one answer for you this morning. That Jesus Christ is my Lord and he is my saviour. He is that anchor. There are times where we feel all at sea. But one day, God is going to bring everything into and under Christ. So he is working towards that aim. And the question I have for you and for me is, what part do I play in that purpose and plan? If I want to be in Christ this morning, I have to come to him and acknowledge him as my Lord and as my Saviour. And to be willing to follow him, to take up his cross and to follow him. And as I was thinking about being expectant in Christ, this slide here just does remind us of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And he says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message. So when Paul went to the Ephesian church, those first believers heard the message of truth and the gospel of your salvation. And he says, when you believed, so they not only heard about Jesus, they not only believed in Jesus, 
But when you are marked in him with a seal, and immediately when the Ephesians got that, we know there were silversmiths there, and we know that there, were, there was a busy port, and there were crates being used to transfer goods all over the world from that port. And so it was, if you like, the seal of ownership. And I just had a moment, I was thinking, here we are, we've got the silversmiths creating in the old days before Paul arrived, when Paul arrived, making these little sort of um, idols to the goddess Diana. Here they were maybe put to work in making new seals and then for like making these rings. So when they were placed then onto new ownership uh, of crates. But thinking about that seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. So we hear, we believe, and we are sealed. And I mentioned earlier on about Acts chapter 19. And Paul uh, is approached and is asked, well, I received the Holy Spirit like this or that. But in verse uh, 6 of chapter 19, we read that Paul placed his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So we today, like those early Christians in Ephesus, we have heard the message, we've believed the message, and we have been healed with the Holy Spirit, or we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And that is a deposit guaranteeing us spiritual blessings after this life. And I don't know about you, but that excites me into the core. And he finishes off this whole sentence, Paul, to the praise of his glory. And we'll be going on next week after the uh, first kapow that we've got. We've got a more reflective service next week. And all being well, we'll be picking up on prayer. And it just dovetails and fits really nicely because this Tuesday, as Lynn said earlier on, we're going to be praising God here on Tuesday. And it'll be really lovely to see as many of you here for that as we praise and worship God together. And coincidentally, as I was thinking this morning, I was trying to make it practical, the conclusion for today's sermon. And I thought, wouldn't it be good if at the end of today's sermon, if you had something that you wanted to praise God for, or you have received a blessing, in a few moments, it would be good to hear from all of you. It would be fantastic. I would go on for two hours, but we'll see how we get on. All right. But it will be nice just if there's one or two of you who just feel, Ian, I've got a word for us. I want to just share something. It will be fantastic to hear from you. But it's exciting that we have got this hope. We are in Christ. We can praise God. And just on Friday, um, I've heard of a new song coming out. I think it's this Friday. Just scroll forward just one for me. Um, it's called Greatest Hallelujah. Some of you who are a bit more techie than me may well be up to date with this, but Matt Redman has brought out this new song. And I think it just dovetails in very beautifully with what we're looking at in Ephesians. He starts off this song, and it gets a little bit complicated. When you see it on the screen, 
on your iPad or on, a, on that other tube thing, you know, you'll, uh, you'll recognize it. But he says, there's a hallelujah, an everlasting song, a never-ending anthem. We sing to you alone, a resounding and in our hearts today in the heavens, how greatly we're forgiven and how great, how great will be your praise. Did you follow that? It's quite hard, really, when you begin to look at it. But anyway, I'll go for this one here. And with this song, I'm not expecting to hope you don't ask me to sing this to you next week. Maybe you can look at it. We can all sing it together. We'll see how we get on. But it says, and, and with this song, I will rise, okay, for the honour of your name. From this breath to my last then, forever and a day, I'll pour out my heart, I'll pour out my soul, my greatest hallelujah. And finally, there are different names that are given to God. Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is eternal. Author of salvation, we need to hear, believe and receive. A father and a friend, you thunder and you whisper, your glory fills the sky. Worthy, you are worthy. Let your name your name be lifted high. And I think it's a beautiful song. As I say, if you would like to go on YouTube, there you go, I said it, so you can um, uh, find it for yourselves. But I want to encourage us today to be practical as we conclude. This passage is a beautiful song of praise. There are many commentators who have actually said, funnily enough, okay, about these uh, opening words. Some have said... It's a magnificent gateway. Some have said it's like a gold chain. It's something very beautiful. Some have even said it's like a kaleidoscope of lights. And this morning, I can't possibly do it justice in one sense because we have got to look at it for ourselves and ask God to reveal something new to us. And we can do that on a day-to-day basis. But one commentator I love who said, he says, my favourite is this. He says... Of these 12 verses, these 12 verses are a snowball tumbling down a hill, picking up volume as it descends. And I think that's a wonderful picture for me. Maybe you like the gold chain. Maybe you like this gateway idea. But it is a way in to praise God. And it's a beautiful few lines from Paul. So we need to receive that from Paul to help us know today that we actually have something that we can rely on, that we are chosen, we are adopted, we are free and forgiven, we're expectant, and also we are secure. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that Paul is using words of praise from prison, which is a very difficult position to be in. We thank you, Lord, that wherever we are before you today, may we know today that we are loved by an eternal God, that through Jesus Christ, you died on a cross to set us free. We thank you, Lord, for our friends, for our family. We thank you, Lord, more importantly this morning, that we can learn that you want to bless us. And if we praise you, 
then there is something fabulous that lies ahead for all of us who trust and believe in you as our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Amen. And now we're going to uh, be drawing round uh, the Lord's table. Dave, can you remind me of the song we're going to sing, please? I surrender. I surrender. Good, thank you.